This is Versa Collective, the podcast about rewriting your story in order to live the most epic life imaginable. We're about flipping the script on the life you have to the one you most desire. I'm Amnesty, storyteller, mindset mentor, and founder of the Versa Collective. Join me in my own journey as I share some of the things I learned along the way in the hopes that it might help others on their own journey toward epic lives of their own. Here's to walking the paths less traveled and living the lives most adventurous. something that I've been doing lately and I see a lot on social media so TikTok mostly I'm seeing this and found that I was doing it myself anyway kind of naturally and this is the idea that you can romanticize your life. I think though there is a fine line between romanticizing your life so that you can live a more content life and being delusional. (laughs) Some people might say you're being delusional anyway by romanticizing your life. And I think that's a mindset that usually comes from people who have tried something and have hit a roadblock, have hit a a lesson that they had to learn and then given up quite early. Or, in some cases, after a few tries. The idea really of romanticizing your life is to be able to look at your life and see the small things that are already happening around you and being grateful and content for them. So I actually really don't like to use the word grateful all that much. It's thrown around a lot. So one thing you'll start to realize about these podcasts is wording for me is everything. And sometimes just switching wording around on something has given me a new perspective, even though it's the same lesson that I was always supposed to be learning. And grateful is one of those things. It's I am grateful But instead, I kind of actually just like to see that things are, the things that are in my life are beautiful and I'm appreciative. Grateful is a little bit different for me. So I'm appreciative. I'm finding beauty in everything I do, which is what I mean when I say I romanticize my life. For example, I came back to work this morning. It's been a week. I took a week off just because I, as I've said in a couple of podcasts earlier, I was a bit depressed. I was tired. Now I I had already planned the holiday. So I kind of just knew that I was going to need a little bit of a mental break and I was going to need some quiet. Um, And I came back with a whole new mindset that I was going to romanticize even more, which I'd already been doing my work day. So I work from home. I have worked from home since before COVID. It is something that I fought really hard for. It's very important to me. It's an ideal and it's an identity that I fought really hard for. And Funnily, I still make as much money as I would if I actually went into the office. Because I live outside of London, you can get London rates and get a lot higher. But because I started in London, I have a London-based salary and I live outside of London now. And I work from home. And in that, I would say that I got lucky, but I will also say that I fought really hard for it. And the way that I fought really hard for it was that I proved that I got more work done when I was at home than when I was in the office. And I had to do that over and over and over again in every role that I took. And nowadays, people just trust me to do the work at home, and they know that I will deliver. I really love working from home because it allows me to do more things that kind of romanticize my day. I have rituals that I try to accomplish when I'm working from home. I always like candles. I love candles lit in my office. I light some incense. 
It just sets the mood. It sets a relaxed sort of tone. I also just love that my office is kind of me. It's my vibe. It's chill. It's relaxed. I'm at peace here. What I wear at home is also romanticized. I am wearing this kimono that is burnt velvet and has roses all over it and fringe. And I have a couple of these that I wear here and there. And then big like comfy cardigans that are soft and lovely. And it's those little things that I appreciate. I make sure that I put focus on them because when you put your focus on them, they become your points of abundance. So for me, money is important and I will have a whole episode about money mindset later on because that was a huge part of my journey. For me right now in living a content life, it's recognizing all of the beautiful things that I have brought into my life and being more intentional about those beautiful things. And so, yes, I'm romanticizing my life. I'm wearing the cute little things, I mean, not even cute little things, the comfortable, beautiful things that are important to me. I'm making sure that my surrounding, my home is set up in a way that is romanticized for my lifestyle. This um, lounge that I'm sitting in is green velvet. I love velvet. I have a lot of what I call mommy blankets, which are fur blankets real fur, obviously fox fur blankets. I call them mommy blankets because my dogs like to cuddle on them far more than if I don't have them. I mean, they'll cuddle anyway, but they love them. They're just obsessed and they will not move. And I have a bunch. I have a ton of them in my home. I love really good sheets. So I know that maybe people who are listening to this may not have the resources to do some of the things that I've done, but this has been a gradual increase of these these nice things in my life and this romanticizing of things within my life. But I can say that it, I did start small. When I first started romanticizing my life, it was about bringing flowers home and always having fresh flowers, which again might be a little too much, but for me it was a small thing. It was going out on walks with my dog. At the time I only had one dog, now I have two. I was going out with Zeus and spending time in the forest, walking with him, collecting bits and pieces. I'm such a witch. I'm like, here's some rocks and some leaves and some sticks. I really like big sticks. Chris thinks I'm hilarious. My husband thinks I'm hilarious about this because Zeus likes them too. So we'll go out and we'll collect big, long sticks. So he likes to pick them up and carry them for me. And the reason for that is that once they get home, they become a macrame hanger. So I liked macrame as well. So in that way, I'm bringing those things out home and bringing them into my home. I have sort of said I do consider myself a bit of a cottage witch, and so in that sense, if I go out and I romanticize my walk, I always bring something back for my home. I always pick up feathers. I have tons of feathers. The cool part of that, about that is they're kind of like offerings for my cat. So I have a Freya. I have a ragdoll named Freya, and I always... The ones that I want to keep, there's some that I calls me that I keep and I have a collection of them, but oftentimes I'll just bring one home for her and she plays with it and she loves it. She gets wild and ferocious and I just, I love it. It makes her happy. And those are little aspects of romanticizing. I do think that there's sometimes people saying, when you romanticize your life, you're being delusional. And I kind of feel like I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being called delusional because in their mind, I am delusional, but in my mind, I am being more present and aware of the surroundings. I think we talk about being present a lot in society. Be present, be in the moment. And it can be very hard to understand what that means. So we ruminate on the past, there's trauma in the past, and we worry about the future. For one, I've gotten to a place where I no longer worry about the future. It will 
happen as it should and it always will work out for me and I have dealt with a lot of trauma in the past there's still stuff that comes up obviously part of this journey is that the next podcast I want to do is a self-coaching session I want to show you guys how I self-coach myself through some stuff that I'm currently that's currently coming up but we'll talk about that being present in my mind is the same thing as romanticizing your life it is looking at little bits within your life that are right in front of you that you've created to meet this romantic thing and enjoying it and being appreciated of it. Like I'm just looking at these candles. I've lit a lot of candles and I'm so pre- like I brought a tree into, I don't think I've called this out, but I brought a tree into my office, a tree branch out of my back garden and I love it. I just like hang things on it as like little offerings. I've named my house recently. I think that's really romantic and kind of cute because apparently one of the things in witchcraft is if that you name your house something that no one else knows, that they cannot set any any uh, curses on you within your home. So I don't have any intention of telling anyone else that name unless I really, really trust them. I sit here and I hold on to crystals. Like I, when I'm talking, I keep my hands busy with crystals. I have a rose quartz one. This is selenite. Yeah, it's just like little things. Some of the things that I've done are are quite expensive and money, as I said, is important to me. So I have been able to accomplish those things, but those are the manifestations in my life that I specifically worked towards is to have these wonderful things in my life that have meaning. Other things that I like to collect are old vintage, just normal bits and pieces. So keys and locks butterfly taxidermy, old embroidery that someone else has done and framed. I'm doing a project right now to collect a couple of these things and frame them so that I can create a gallery wall with all of them in my dining room. I think being present means for me romanticizing life, romanticizing the little bits in your life and making them part of every day. So as I said, little rituals for work. I have a normal corporate sales job. For work, I come in here, I light my candles, I light some incense. I've said this already. I write in my journal for me and me only. I do a little bit of breath work. On weekends, I do longer breath work sessions that are about an hour, but during the week, there's usually like 15 to 20 minutes, nothing too long. I make sure to light a candle when I'm doing my makeup in the morning. I always have a hot drink in the morning. Right now, I have been really big on tamarind tea with a little bit of honey. Definitely suggest trying that. It's supposed to help decalcify your pituitary gland so that you can tap into your intuition better. And actually, I would say that's really, really helping. But it's little things like that. I like peppermint tea as well. Peppermint tea is very much about detoxing yourself. Chamomile tea is about relaxing. So sometimes I'll mix the two. It's just the little things that I stop and I do every single day. Just They just set me a different place to start working. I make sure as well within my corporate job that my schedule has time between each meeting for me to reflect on the meeting, to write notes, to action things right after the meeting so that they don't sit on my brain for later. And I make sure that people understand that I'm not available before 9.30 and I'm not available after 5.30. Yes, I start at 9. That first half an hour is about gathering my intentions for the day, writing my to-do lists. I actually don't believe in to-do lists. It's another thing to talk about, but my intentions. To-do list is the best way to describe it, but essentially what I call them is issue containers or challenge containers. This works better for my brain because to-do lists just stress me out and just 
that's what I did for most of my career and I just it used to feel good and it no longer feels good so I stopped doing it and that's the romanticization part of instead I call them issue containers and I sit down and say today I need to look at this challenge and solve it and then I just sit down and I solve it and this has been incredibly productive for me because instead of saying there's an activity that I need to do, like send an email, etc. I look at the problem as a whole and make choices on what my actions will be in that moment. And then I just do them instead of writing it down on a list and doing it. For example, today I need to write my issue challenge container. It's not really an issue or challenges. I'm bringing a new team member on board. I need to make sure that he is trained up and feels like part of the team because it's really important to me that he feels like he has the support he needs and that he has the training he needs. So my challenge is that. That's what I want to accomplish. So in order to do that, I need to put some stuff together, some training materials, some diary appointments in his diary so that we can have our one-to-ones and we can chat on a regular basis. I have to put a schedule together to make sure that that happens. It's incredibly important to me. I love that challenge. The other thing is once it's a challenge, my, my brain goes into this like, yes, let's fix this. Let's do this. Let's do right by the, this challenge. And I no longer look at my to-do list and goes, I don't want to do that. It's like, no, let's fix this. Generally, the to-do list items that might have been on the list before work themselves out through that as well. Another way to romanticize your life is to stop using to-do lists and start looking at things as challenges or issues or things you want to accomplish. Other things that I would say about people who tell you you are delusional for romanticizing your life. I romanticize the bad things as well as the good things. So I'm not looking at my life and saying it's perfect, it's all roses, it's all wonderful walks in the forest, blah blah blah. What I'm looking at my life as is when an issue comes up, how can I deal with it in a way that is gentle, that is going to have an outcome that I am proud of, that will add another element of appreciation to my life. Recently, for example, we got a tax bill that we were not expecting. And that stuff comes up, it sucks. It was just an error in the way the taxes were done, and that happens. And that's basically what I had to do. I said, that happens. We will get through this and we'll pay it. It's it's a lot of money, but we can find ways to pay for it. The part that rom- not really romanticized or appreciative of was the fact that we did have the money to pay for it. Yes, things were going to be a little bit tight, but that also meant that I was going to have a quieter Christmas, which by the way, I don't like Christmas very much. I like decorating for Christmas. We'll put that out there. I like to romanticize decorations of Christmas, but I don't like the craziness of Christmas, the buying everything, the parties. It just wears me down. But by not having as much money, that means that I don't have the pressure to do that. I can just say not this year. I just don't have the, I don't have the resource to handle that. I should probably just on a normal year, just say, I just don't have the energy to deal with that and put my boundaries in place. But I think this is a good way of sort of teaching myself the lesson that I don't have to do everything around Christmas. And so we'll just save money from our paychecks and we'll pay for the tax in that way. It's not a huge deal. It just changes a little bit of the way we approach things. And it's a lot of money. I think someone else who would get this bill might flip out. And maybe old me, absolutely old me would have flipped out. We'd been like, oh shit, what are we going to do? This is a lot of money. But money is an infinite resource. I would not lie and say that this, what I'm doing now, isn't about making money. 
I absolutely do think I deserve to have compensation for any support that I give someone else to be more aligned and have their epic lives that they deserve. And this is an added income stream for me. And I'm okay with that. Absolutely, money is important. And I'm not actually starting this with the idea of paying the tax bill, but it could be a plus. It could help with it. I'm leaving it at universe's hand. That's another part of romanticizing stuff is when a challenge comes up, there's always a mirror as well of when a creative urge comes up as well, but we'll, we'll look at the challenge. When a challenge comes up, I'm always going to first sit with the stress or the trigger that it comes up with, work through that. And that's a lesson that I work through. When a challenge comes up, I can just deal with it from a content place that says, we'll make this, we'll make through it. It's not that big of a deal. It won't matter in five years time. When a creative urge comes up, I'm more terrified of those right now. I'm working through that, which is why I will be doing a session on coaching myself because there is a couple things that keep coming up that I think I need to work through. And I feel like it would be cool for me to show you what my process is so that you can understand kind of how I, how I deal with it. That is, I think I've gone around in circles, but essentially delusion is believing that everything will fall into place without action, without intention. Whereas romanticizing your life with intention and with action towards intention changes that. I think it removes the delusion. It puts you in the seat of responsibility of being present and intentional in everything you do. And for me, that's why I have my rituals. They bring me joy. They bring me peace. They bring me contentment and they make life just a bit easier every single day. And I have a really stressful job. So I'm not saying that my life is easy. I'm just saying that I'm making it easier for myself with these little tricks. Thanks for joining me today. If you liked this episode, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. If you'd like to hear more from Versa Collective, head over to Instagram where you can find me at versa.cltv.